Hey guys, welcome back to the Harmonics Podcast. I have not been on the show in a hundred years. Me either. Really? What are we Who's doing? Who's been doing this? I, have we just not been doing shows this I whole time? I don't know. I haven't been to one. Uncomfortable. That's why I was so confused. <laughs> so this is more of a welcome back to us than anyone else. Welcome you guys back, have guys. probably been listening <laughs> this whole time. Uh, but Wait, I'm what have they back. been listening to? What have I been listening to? The, the, just them, white noise. The them. What? Them? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know. Cool. Harmonics podcast. Brocious would up. probably know better than any of us what we've been recording. Yeah. I don't think he listens to anything that happened no, in this room. No, nor should he. <laughs> That's probably the only reason any of us still have jobs. he goes to a happy place. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad to be back. I do genuinely enjoy the podcast and haven't had a lot of time because we are ramping up for event season. Summer is historically when we are busiest, but we are comfortably in a lull right now, kind of in between PAX East and pre-E3 stuff. So while we're here, I thought we'd talk about some fun in-office stuff. Oh. Yeah, We right? have fun in the office? We do. Oh, Sometimes. Ooh, where have you been? I have Sometimes. a window. I kid. Fun. I kid. <laughs> so I'm here to talk about fun office stuff, and I'm here with Jessa. Yeah, I am, I am here. In fact, yep. in this nice and windowless room. And with Dave Plant. What's up? And with Matt Christek. Hi. And Matt Christek's the most important part of this show because we're talking about playtest. Well, even then I agree to disagree, but thanks. (laughs) It's nice. No, so you are, are, like, do we have, like, a good, like, a great, like, are you the, like, the playtest guru? Well. Playtest wizard. Well, my title on my business card is user researcher, but that's, like... Way fancier than I deserve to have. <laughs> Even playtest guru is. I'm just the playtest guy. Just a playtest. I'll guy. take it. Playtest so, guy. So yeah. what yeah. for the people listening who maybe don't know about the biz? <laughs> what is playtest and what is user research? I don't know. Oh. No idea. That's, <laughs> no, that's not true. We should figure I do that know, out. But it's fast. that's a boring. That's a boring answer. So what I tell. <laughs> Like my aunt at Thanksgiving, <laughs> what I do, and she's like, "Got it." Like um, I tell her, I will watch people play our games and check to see if they're having fun. That's the shortest answer I can get. Okay, uh, it's a lot of observing and reporting. Just we put the games that we're working on in front of testers, in front of players, kind of let them loose, uh, encourage them to tell us what they think, share their feedback, tell us where they're frustrated, where they get mad or confused. Uh, I report it to the team, and they run off, take that feedback, and hopefully make our games better. So all with the intent of hopefully making our games better and more like what these people tell us it should be like. So that's, it's not like the hope, yeah. it's not completely driven by like some mad genius at Harmonix who's like, this is how games work. Like we do go out and we play test stuff to make sure that things are balanced, mm-hmm. to make sure that things feel natural. A lot of things like song tiering, for example. Exactly, like figuring out if a yeah. song is like easy, medium, hard. Right, yeah, that's a big one, like difficulty ramping, stuff like like that. We need people to play it and tell us how hard or easy it is, and then we kind of rank it and stack it accordingly. So you do that do. for all of our games. For every single game happening all at once. And that's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. To play test at once. It's a heck of a lot of a game. So specifically, Rock Band 4. Rock Band 4 is happening heavy now, right now. Which is awesome. Amplitude. You've Amplitude been doing at the same time. Before. Some other stuff. Jessa, your secret unannounced project yeah. has been going through the playtest ringer. Yeah. How how has that been for you? As someone who's like more on the team side, like 
you guys, I'm sure, are working with Matt to like generate the like the things that you want to know more about. Like, what do people think about Feature X? Like, what do they think about Feature Y and Z? How's all that fun stuff working? And how does it how does it work when he like comes back and he's like, "Hey, people hate this thing, or this thing is bad and needs to change." Well, that never happens. <laughs> never happens. Really great Good. stuff. Just get oh, yeah. it done the first time. Uh, yeah, it's just perfect. The reports are always like just keep doing all this. Uh, I slide no. the report over to where it just says, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, I, I think Carry what you on. say a lot is charming. Charming is the word you use a lot. Yeah, that kind of comes directly from me. Yep. Can't help it. So there, there's your teaser, people. Charming. Mm-hmm. No getting around um, it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it, we we do a lot of brainstorming as we're as we're designing stuff and think all right well where do we expect users are going to get lost where do we think that we're asking people to do something that's weird or confusing and then we go to Matt and tell him hey we made all these new things tell us if people <laughs> like them and uh, we have a pretty sweet setup where we actually get to. Um, read all about the feedback in detail and discuss it as a team and figure out how to implement it and then get more testing done on it pretty quickly considering we have one man doing it all. <laughs> yeah, doing it all. Yeah, it's funny. Right now, coincidentally, with all the projects, Rock Band 4, Amplitude, and The Secret Project, we're testing tutorialization stuff for all of them. And tutorials are always kind of like my my, my white whale of yeah. playtesting because they're super important to make sure people learn everything they have to. Well, I think the most important thing for a tutorial is you got to have the right person doing voiceover. Oh, clearly. That more than anything clearly. else. <laughs> like, you, you no need to have someone that you want to listen to. Someone yeah. who speaks with authority. He's <laughs> nope. That's that's right the best part. Just, Zoom. <laughs> nope. Just tuning it right nope. up. Nope. Couldn't care less. It's <laughs> not paying attention. It's just awesome. This never happened. Cool. <laughs> um, and Dave, like you have QA chops for days. Years even. Years. <laughs> so you've already kind of like come from that place where like you are, like you're used to like playing the games until they break, and you're kind of yeah. like. Like, I think that there's a definite thread between, like, what oh, playtesters yeah. are doing and yeah. what you guys are doing in QA. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. I think, uh, you know, Matt and I worked uh, pretty closely. I was QA lead on on uh, Dance Central Spotlight, and um, we uh, we worked uh, closely with uh, Jessa and with uh, Matt, um, you know, put running all the features. The tutorial was another big one that we ran people through on that. Yep. Um, I had worked on other harmonics titles before, but I really got to see like some some um, really important changes happen into the tutorial process and just the game in general. Um, especially with Connect games, you know, it's like a whole new interface that people are. Yep. You know, you hand somebody a controller, and there's certain types of controls that make sense. Yeah, you're you almost you're playtesting the hardware as well right. as the software. Right, the Connect so, is such a wild card. Like, it there's is. So, there's only so many ways a person can like hit the A button. Right, button. exactly. But with yeah. yeah, with the Connect, there's like a million different things, and what we might think is an intuitive way to even something as simple as like go back a screen. You know, those are things that, you know, are maybe not intuitive for yep. people. Yep. So there's, the, I have, I, especially on the last, pro, on Dance Central Spotlight, got to really see, uh, I saw a lot of benefit from doing playtests and something on Rock Band 4, um, you know, I've been, you know, everybody clearly embraces, we're in a studio that embraces playtests, like, um, you know, I think we can all agree on that. Um, but, you know, I've been working hard uh, to, in particular, get the game 
in front of uh, the devs' faces on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, people, um, you know, when you think of playtest, um, you know, there's sort of two schools of playtest. There's the, you know, external people who've never touched playtest, who've never touched the game before, and those impressions are super, super important. But there's kind of this interesting little quasi playtesty thing that we do here where we, on Rock Band, have organized uh, all the devs into a series of, you know, groups of, I think, five or six, um, five or six people uh, across department lines and get this, you know, multidisciplinary group of people to play the game every week and to, you know, we'll, we'll come up with, you know, a list of questions or make surveys that we want people to answer, um, go in every week, try and create, like, a list of objectives that we want people to go through. And those are also super important yeah. because... Uh, you know, QA has the advantage and the mandate, frankly, to be able to go in and play uh, the game and look at the big picture. That's not always something that other devs really have an opportunity yeah. to do because they're busy, you know, working on their corner of Rock Band 4. Um, so uh, the internal play tests really play an important role because it gives everybody a chance to, you know, see what it looks yeah. like on well, the it means, console. It means like, we're essentially oh, yeah. running, like, Band practices for all intents and purposes, like consistent bands. Like every day of the week, there is a band practicing on Rock Band Four or playing older harmonics titles or older music games to familiarize themselves with like specific mechanics and figure out like to make sure that we're on the the right path. Create exactly. So, uh, and it's great. And and the feedback that you know we get from you know from people in my band, you know, we sort of collect that feedback and hand it and present it to the design team and present it to you know, the leadership on the project and, you know, those particular settings every week, there's a ton of really, really good feedback. And oftentimes those are running in parallel with uh, external play tests. And uh, the, the spin is maybe a little different or it's maybe a little honed in or more specific with, with developer-based bands. But, uh, you know, if something surfaces in one of those bands, we are nearly certain it is something that will surface <laughs> yeah. when it Definitely. makes it out to the external playtest yeah, as well. For sure. so, um, but yeah, it's a hugely beneficial thing. Uh, it's something that, you know, I have sort of made a po- passion project for myself I'm, uh, on Rockman 4, you know, making sure that, you know, bands are ready to go. I'm certainly not the only one. There's other people that are right there with me. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it's getting to the point where it's... Uh, you know, Rocket Four. We're actually in playing the build. Uh, it's and it's really exciting to be getting to that point where you know everybody can sit down and enjoy the game that we're making um, and you know give good feedback. You know, and yeah, it's been, it's, it's been happening and it's it's been already um, really really good on this. It's project. awesome to see that kind of evolution throughout the internal and external play tests. Like to be able to start playing something like Rock Band Four, where it's like super gray boxy, like just like the grossest looking chart and like no venue, nothing. Um, And to be able to, to know, even when you're playing at that point, like, all right, this feels fun. Yeah. This is good. But then like, as, as we continue to iterate, like when it gets to the point, and and this is something that I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Like when it gets to the point where it's like, all right, this is baked enough now where we can bring it to the outside world. Like, what does that jump look like? Because, like, a lot of studios don't do a lot of external play tests, and yeah. a lot of studios aren't comfortable sharing any parts of their right. game yeah, yeah. until it's, like, 100% like fully baked. And right. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, or true. like they're very secretive about it. Uh-huh. Um, and or they and we, think about it when it's probably a little too late yeah. for them to think about it. Yeah. A lot of and, and you see play. that kind of like manifested as like games that ship and then have like yeah, tons of patches afterwards. Yeah. Um, where it's like, oh, this is a thing that you know you could have caught if you had done an additional rapid play test, right. or if you had maybe been more mindful of play test feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd be interested in hearing from you like how that transition works. Like sure, yeah. once it gets from like, all right, internally like we're fine playing like the gross hacked-together version, (laughs) but then, like, when are we ready to start showing it to the outside world? Sure, well, we start, like, kind of notoriously early. Like, we're not shy about putting the gross version in front of external testers. Like, obviously, with the caveat up front, like... We tell them like this is not going to look pretty. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is not this the is, game. This it won't always be charming. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's full of placeholder stuff. It's full of temporary stuff. You're going to see glitches and bugs and probably crashes. Um, to the point where it's not always fun. Even it's like, not fun. It's probably not fun at first, but. That's where there's time, pizza. That's yeah. the pizza yeah. helps. Well, it's like sure. you're not you're not eating the cake that's fully baked. It's like <laughs> right. we got some flour and yeah. eat butter <laughs> for us while we watch these. <laughs> exactly. But you see over time, like despite the state of the build, like you see the fun increasing over and like more and more over time. And it gets to a point where like they might as well be playing like a finished game because you can just kind of feel the energy and the fun in the room despite the game clearly not being done, and that's when you know like yeah. We're on to something here. Maybe yeah. it's time to like hand this over to the artists and make sure it looks pretty. That's really now, cool. Now's the time. Um, this is as probably good a time as any to plug where people can sign up to playtest. I'd be this happy is to. A very open process, mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that everyone in the community is able to participate in playtest in some totally. way. Yep. A lot of stuff we do just recruit locally because we want to have people come into the office sure. and play something like Rock Band 4 where you can't really... game doesn't travel well. No, it's uh, a little bulky. But there are other games uh, like Chroma. We did a lot of external yep. playtesting for, sure. for uh, before it became a City Sleeps where people right. were able to play that remotely. Yep. Um, so don't... If you are out there and you want to sign up for playtest and you don't live local uh, to our studio in Cambridge... Uh, that is fine. You can still sign up, and there may still be ways that you can participate. It's totally true. Like, all the people we have coming in right now for Rock Band 4 uh, playtesting were recruited off of our online sign-up form at harmonicsmusic.com slash playtest. Um, uh, we're going to be having some people in for Amplitude as well. And like Aaron said, like, for those particular titles, yes, it helps if you're Local, or at least willing to you become know, local. Become <laughs> local, at least temporarily. We get a lot of offers from people who are like, "I live in California now, yeah, but I can fly out there to play test." <laughs> yeah. I feel so to. bad. Like, I want to say yes to these folks. Like, if you're willing to come from like Chile, like <laughs> you can, I I'm guess. But like, there's a guy from Brazil or Chile oh, yeah. that's dying. Mm, to yeah, test. and like. I want to say yes, but after like an hour and a half, two hour, two hours, like I'm, I'm I'd be done with them. And they yeah, you should just be like, all right, you know what? For that, you come from Chile, you get three toppings on your pizza. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. I was gonna, I, I was gonna say they'd have nothing here. to show for it but the pizza, but that's not even true because they would eat the pizza. So they, would, you got pizza, yeah, unless they keep it at the very least. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like if you're willing to, you know, come by, and if you're local, you are, you would be in the running for Rock Band Four and Amplitude, and like Aaron said, there's other secret projects that we're not talking about that maybe you can test from the comfort of your own home. So, never know. It's definitely worth signing up. Yeah, for sure. Go for it. Um, Another way that people who don't live locally can participate is at events, which are kind of like 
an unspoken large scale play test. Um, Jessa, grubby play yeah. test. you probably have a lot oh, of experience, yeah. <laughs> like seeing how people play games at events, Huge. to mm-hmm. how that translates to like feedback that we can bring home and say like, hey, here's how people dance. Yeah, don't do this. No, it's totally <laughs> true. And I, I kind of had the advantage going into. Well, I worked in the play test department for like six months. So I had done the, the internal component of it. Specifically, um, I uh, was overseeing the playtesting a lot of Dance Central DLC back in, like, DC 1 and DC 2 days. Um, and that was when I first kind of could see how important it is for developers to actually see people playing and not mm. just rely yeah. on written word because they are much more likely to ignore what you're putting on paper <laughs> than if they are having to watch a player suffer themselves. That's true. Um, especially with Connect titles where, like, oh, your yeah. inputs matter very, very much. Yeah. So, you know, for when we would start, when we needed to staff um, events, <laughs> we definitely try and take as many developers as we can, partly because it is really gratifying and fun to get to see people playing your games, especially because we make really fun games and we're always very busy in the studio and you can lose sight of how much joy something that you're stressed and working on so hard will bring people, but also because, man, you, it, it is so valuable so mm-hmm. to watch just you know, hundreds of people in the course of a weekend filter through, some of who are familiar with your game and the hardware, some of who have never played before, and seeing all different types of ages and demographics and setups that you might not normally get to see if we're needing to bring people in the studio or whatever. So we definitely, especially with a lot of the Dance Central 3, uh, or sorry, Dance Central Spotlight menus when we were getting used to the Xbox One navigation, it was very intentional, the people that I was taking to shows, Smart. so that they could see firsthand yeah. how, like, yes, I get, like, if so, if one of us is there guiding people, it's great, but watch what happens when you step away. Like, how can we make this intuitive for players? Where are they struggling? Yeah, because not everyone who plays the game is going to have the benefit of a developer standing right exactly, next to them, exactly. like, coaching them through a exactly. demo. So, mm-hmm. no, it's it's extremely useful, and it's fun, too. You, you get to see kind of the different ways that people interact and, like, when you have a group of people playing a game like Dance Central on mm-hmm. on a stage, or how they behave differently, and like the feedback we got for things like freestyle mode, where people behave very differently with something like that, yep. when it's just them and Matt Christick in a room, <laughs> than when they're on a stage in front of people. It's a very yeah. unique scenario for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you and them in a room together. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really cool to get you know having having gone on the road. Been one of the ones that we took. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I remember going to the. Um, you know, Disney event. What was that, D20? Mm-hmm. D23. D23. Uh, and that was awesome because <laughs> the sort of flavor of the people that you get at different events sort of changes a little bit. So D23 was very much a Disney event mm-hmm. uh, and was not nearly as games-focused as, you know, maybe some of the other events that you guys, people tend to think of, you know, E3 and PAX and stuff like yep. that. So that one in particular I found to be really interesting because... Uh, we were getting a lot of, you know, older folks who maybe haven't really played a lot of video games. We're getting, you know, a lot of people there with their families and all that. But uh, it really had such a wider sort of demographic swath than maybe even other ones. And I, I remember, like, going to see and, you know, people who were, you know, playing, like, uh, you know, Fantasia in their wheelchair and were playing the game and and like it worked and we came back you know and from seeing people being able to play that game sitting and made a very concerted effort to make sure that that was something that you could continue yeah, to that's do really cool. which yeah. you know worked you know which is awesome you know yeah. uh, and and things like that you know little subtle little things that you pick up on that on 
you know, with that kind of things. And then you also pick up on things that maybe, you know, you're really stressed out about that, like, kind of don't matter. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, are people having fun? Do they, is it intuitive enough yeah, that they right. kind yeah, of get the true. sense of it? You know, things that, little details that so we might sweat. Exactly. Sure. That, yeah. you know, uh, that you get lost on one detail, and then this other thing that is maybe completely obvious to everybody else in the world who steps up to it, and then you're like, oh, wow. And it really has a way for you to, like, you know, restructure your priorities yeah, a little bit. Sure. Say, oh, this is thing that I thought was the biggest deal is totally not a big deal. And this other thing I didn't even think about is like, oh, wow, we should really start thinking Yeah, about the that. big example that I always use is demoing Rock Band 1, and we would go to so many bar nights, like either locally or on the road. Like, you know, you, you go to some after party, um, like in like Angels and Kings, the, the New York bar that uh, Fall Out Boy mm. owned, or uh, I believe Pete Wentz um, owned. Um, like you go to like big bar nights at the Poor House in New York City, um, and you start playing rock band with like a group of like a hundred drunk people, <laughs> and the lack of no fan yeah, mode, no fan mode gets invented becomes <laughs> like glaringly obvious. Yeah. Like when you start like losing overdrive and you can't save people in the band, or like when you're furiously like trying to operate a kick pedal for someone because they're barely drunk enough to like they can hit the pads <laughs> but they can't do the kick pedal too. Like you're trying to like multitask and do all this stuff and you realize like why in the world do we not have like a yeah. drunk mode? Yeah. And then that like that leads to something huge like like no fail mode in rock yeah. band too. No fail mode and navigator. Yes. So a drunk drummer can't mess yep. everything up. That's, oh, yeah. that's another <laughs> another shining example. Yeah, drunk drummer. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's so many of those little sub-menu options in Rock Band 3 were born out of just, like, <laughs> cheats that you guys had, like, oh, mandated. Yeah. You know, it's Absolutely. like, oh, turn off, like, drummer navigation, turn this on, turn on no fail mode, just, like, this, things that... that you know, things that we discover as people, you know, on the road that we're like, oh, man, why? I'm yeah. sure somebody else will want to. And again, things that we yeah. wouldn't think about because, like, people in the office would get so good at playing the right. game over time, you wouldn't even think about something where you would need a scenario where everyone in the band was doing terribly <laughs> at once. Right. Yeah. You guys are reminding me that um, we have to do some drunk play testing for Rock Band 4, uh, which is geez. actually, it's a legit thing we've done. <laughs> Uh, we did it for Dance Central 3 for party mode because we had to simulate a party. Wait, yeah. I was on that team. Why didn't I get to do drunk dancing? You probably were there. You just don't remember. Exactly. exactly. Oh, man, you taught us a lot. <laughs> you were blotto for like three months. <laughs> but yeah, it's, we should do it again. Wow. We learn a lot, yeah. believe it or not. That's what I'm going to tell the cops next time they come to the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, this Play is important testing, man. Job. I'm sorry I set off the fire alarm with the fog machine. Job. I'm not even kidding with you. <laughs> I actually <laughs> set off the fire alarm in every single apartment I've ever lived in in Boston with the with the stage kit. See, that's that's why we don't support the stage kit, because it's a menace. Uh, I did, and it wasn't until the fourth apartment that I found out you can turn the fog part off. <laughs> so just the yeah, light show. It's not show. the same. It is not yeah. the same. No. Thank you. Uh, that's I what I kept that. telling that cop. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, mm. why is there fog billowing out of your room? Well, you know... <laughs> Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Come on in. Pick Come up on an in, instrument. <laughs> you look Cops. like a bass guy. Cops love that yeah, when you invite them to your rock band parties. Yeah. Totally. Well, uh, D23 was actually a good example, too, that, like, bringing this back to playtest, mm -hmm. um, that the tutorials, like like Matt was mentioning earlier, that we're really digging on, they're, they're one of the most important parts of games, especially games like us, are, like ours that are 
so experiential and often at the cutting edge of a new technology. Mm. And man, um, events give you such a great opportunity to try out different things because when you are running a new demo with someone every five minutes, you get really good at what you're explaining to them to do. Sure. Especially when it's not something like, at least with Dance Central, you can at least say, okay, follow what's on screen. And then you help them to make sure they go the right direction. And that's most of it. It's the menus that get tricky. But, you know, like when you're doing a more abstract game like Fantasia or even some of the rock band stuff where people don't know what to look at, Mm -hmm. you get, you figure out pretty quickly what it is that, what the kind of pillars people need to understand (laughs) for. Right, and every time you do it, it gets a little shorter and a little tighter. Exactly. And you, you learn, like, the bare minimum information. Yeah, and you, then, yeah then you're experimenting with the difference between, like, telling someone to push versus punch versus yep. press versus... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People interpret those a lot of different ways. That's it's pretty interesting. Sure. They kept punching each other. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that until uh, PAX East where there were uh, a few different press appointments that Nick wasn't here for because Nick had a baby uh, first day <laughs> of PAX jerk. Right? <laughs> Selfish. Ugh. Uh, and uh, and a couple of the reporters, you know, people from the Herald who are like, hey, really excited for Rock Band 4. I've never played a Rock Band game. I don't know what Rock Band is. Explain I, it I to me. And it's like, how, like, how do you explain to someone without, like, the physical aid of a guitar or, like, a song playing on screen, yeah. how do you explain to someone in abstract the idea of how to play Rock Band? What did you say? And it is a nightmare. <laughs> like, imagine rows of multicolored gems matching notes for a song scrolling down a screen. See, I know what the game is, and that's so confusing. I know, it's so confusing. <laughs> and you have to hold a plastic replica of a guitar and press your hands on keys and strum at the same time in time with the notes that you're seeing on the screen. And she has no context. Sure. Did you no read what she wrote after that? Is oh, that yeah. Po- no, it's fine. It's, it's <laughs> popular game not released. Close enough for jazz. Really Close enough for jazz. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, that's like, I'm sure you get a lot of that. Like, you, oh, yeah. you get a, a bunch of newbies. Like, we do a lot of, like, we, we try to pace it out where there is, like, there's hardcore play testing, so totally. you get, like, that full expert band in, yep. so they can, like, really test, like, the kind of super edgy, like, the like the score hero type crap, yeah, like, the stuff that sure. they are going to be interested in, make sure that we've got people who are, like, doing gold star runs testing that stuff. Totally. And then also bringing in, like, total newbies, yep. kids, like, people with little to no familiarity of the games to make sure that we kind of, like, cover the swath of Totally, feedback. yeah, Amplitude's actually a good example of that, because, um... There was Amplitude, how long ago? Over 10 years ago. 10 years ago, yeah. And, like, that had its, you know, its huge following, its hardcore fans who know in and out. But nowadays there's a lot of people who just never played that, like myself included, I'm ashamed to admit. So, like, they come to an experience like Amplitude with certain expectations or no expectations at all. Like, some people are used to seeing gem highways come at them and act like rock band, which it's not true in Amplitude. So, like, they kind of have to change their way of thinking for Amplitude because it's a whole new experience. So it's interesting to see how players have to adjust and how their expectations change over time, and it's really important to, you know, make sure the game is accessible to everybody. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, I have a question. A question? Question for uh, Matt uh, in the plaid shirt. Um, (laughs) So, you as a playtester, runner, person. This title keeps getting better. This playtest guy. This guru uh, guy new thing. So, a component of playtest, right, is that you're giving essentially constructive criticism to creative people. Ooh, yeah, that's a nice way to put really, it. Really, really, really tricky. Yes. Because, especially at a studio like ours, where mm-hmm. people are very passionate about totally. what, what they're making. 
how do you kind of navigate those waters, especially if you're giving feedback on something that is sure tough? Like it, it is tough. It's really hard because it's basically my job to like deliver bad news all the time <laughs> and like to tell these people like this, this thing you worked really hard on, this thing you thought was spot on and perfect. Like it kind of confused people. That's the thing you're really good at though. Is like there's this like really nice crispy crisp. Christic crust <laughs> on the top of like really nice like hey guys uh, this is really good and then you know with the disgusting like it's like the warhead where it's like you know, <laughs> right in the, the truth bomb the yeah. truth nugget yeah I try to keep it what's the word like um, tactful <laughs> tactful just more like what's the word not anecdotal I don't know. I, I try to make it impersonal and, and like kind of like textbook like users. I try to make mm-hmm. it boring basically, but still informative. It's like super data driven. Yeah, like just like kind of you're reading a textbook, and I my hope is that it hurts people's feelings less than it could. But uh, I it seems, it seems you to hope work. it hurts people's yeah. feelings. <laughs> I hope yeah. that it hurts. People's I really feelings. hope it wounds them deeply. Yeah. People, people are great. People here are great. They take the. The, uh, the feedback very seriously. Well, nice. And it's interesting thinking about it in, in that context because you are one of a few people in the company, I think myself included, who are in that position where you're not just working on the games. Like, you are responsible to two masters, <laughs> like the people within the studio who you have to work with and, like, kick that user feedback to them. Right. And also to the users where you have to, like, make sure that things are enjoyable and make sense to them. And a totally. lot of people are, like, very, very focused on the feature that they're working on. Or, yep. like, the people writing code are writing code. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not always super plugged into, uh, you know, like, what the external community is thinking or how they're playing our games. Right. Um, but, but you are in that position where, like, you have to serve both the players <laughs> and the people, uh, like, making the game. It's true. It's sometimes an interesting it's tight real, to it's, walk. It can be difficult to find that sweet spot because sometimes, like... Feedback from players and testers will come back and they'll say something like, "I really wish it, it worked this way," but, and like you, you bring that to developers and they're like, "I really don't want to do that," yeah. you know, just for a number of reasons. Yeah. Or so, we can't do that. Or we can't. Or yeah. there's just not enough time. We or, yeah, that's, about a, that. that's a great awesome idea. Yeah, we ruled it out for reasons X, Y, and Z. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fine line. Walking a fine line, like delivering the the juicy feedback, making sure the the players are represented in a way that is actually useful to yeah. developers. As a as a QA person, mm-hmm. I am often very pleased with the results, though, because there will be sometimes where, you know, we as you know QA folks like sort of our job mm-hmm. to, to to you know be critical and. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we will be saying something about a feature or we'll be putting in bugs, and right. you know, every once in a while, those things go unnoticed, and then oh, if it shows up in a play test, yeah. wow, oh right. my gosh, you know, like we, <laughs> we really should take care yeah. of this. So, uh, you know, I especially appreciate the process just because if I don't think it's necessarily people are like intentionally, you know, disregarding things that QA says. Right, right. That's not necessarily the case, but you know, to have it be corroborated by yeah. somebody that's not QA. Yep. Like, you know, uh, especially those of us who have been, you know, here working on this stuff, like QA maybe goes a little more sort of <laughs> off the beaten path and gets maybe a little, you know, I think it's a fair criticism that, you know, sometimes QA can get pretty heavily focused on one thing. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's it's often nice to have, play, play test is very much a big, 
piece of you know getting getting some traction on yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know to the point now where you know where I have been sort of involved with you in like yep. carving out what sorts of things we want to get feedback on for the week. You know totally. maybe I'm a little sneaky about the things <laughs> that I put in there. Yeah, like yeah. hey, it's I really out nice though. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know you know and it's it's cool like because uh, I don't know like. Yeah, I think something I would love to see this conversation go in the direction of too is yeah. like actually watching people play, which I don't know yeah. if we want to if yeah, we want to peel yeah. back the curtain on this totally. or not. But talk yeah. about watching people. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, will I? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we we broadcast the playtests live, so the developers can actually watch them while they're happening, and there's like a little chat window next to That's it, amazing. so people yeah. can. You know, they can talk amongst themselves and what they're seeing, and they can like actually throw questions at me because I'm in the chat room too, and it's <laughs> it's interesting because I know that there's so many instances where I know on the other side of that little webcam, like the devs are like squirming yeah. and just like clenching their fists, and they're telling me like, "Tell them to do this." They're tell them to stuck. do it this way. Like, Come on, your game doesn't tell them to do that yet, right. so I can't do it. So that's, I have to like kind of let them suffer. That's one of my favorite parts of playtests, and yeah. and you do a really a really artful job <laughs> of steering those conversations when people are like. This is dumb. Why? Yep. Like, how does this work? And the like, the response isn't like, "Oh, here, let me explain it to you." It's yeah, a lot of like, "How do you think it should how work? How do you think it should work? <laughs> how would you like it to work? Like, what way would make more sense to you?" Yeah. Like, and it's like, you "Should do." And it's very much like <laughs> that true. kind of like, like almost like playtest therapy, where like it you is, are yeah. kind of steering that conversation instead of just kind of like spoon feeding the answers to them. Because again, like you won't always have someone from Harmonics to give yep. you that guided demo. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think back to uh, <laughs> this is one of my more favorite days here at work was uh, uh, so my wife is a, a teacher and she had some time off in the summer and she came in to play test uh, last year for Dance Central Spotlight and uh, with the understanding that we wanted to bring in people who are not dancers I'm like mm-hmm. I know somebody <laughs> I love you honey out of here I'm a dancer but uh, <laughs> So so we got her in here, and uh, you know she did the play test, and I'm sitting at my desk, you know, around the corner from where the play test is happening, watching her, and uh, you know afterwards I was like, oh honey, that was really great. Like, did you have fun? She said, yeah. And I started like asking her questions and like tried to creep her out a little bit because she had no <laughs> idea that I was watching her play. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, it was really cool. Like, did you did you? And I called out some I can't remember now, but like some very specific things <laughs> that she did. She's like. How did you know that? Were you like looking through the door or whatever? And I said, "Oh well, no. You were actually being broadcast to the whole company playing." Side note: Later, we were we were talking, discussing some of the feedback from that from her and like another person playtesting, um, and uh, the like creative lead on the project at the time was like, oh yeah, that one girl got it, but that second girl, she was terrible. She had like no idea what she was doing. I was like, oh, she like couldn't dance. And I was, and I was like. It t- I like let the feedback <laughs> roll in from it. I was like, <clears throat> you know, that was uh, that was my wife. Right? He's like, oh, Oops. well, she wasn't that bad. But, uh, <laughs> I was like, I just was sitting there Sounds laughing, awesome. yeah. Gigg- giggling my face off. That webcam can play head games with people. It's sure. it's so useful ways. though too yeah. that like. You know, when you have when you have the reports and people will read them and you want everybody in your team to read them to understand what the issues are. But it's just as a whole different ballpark when like yeah. like my team, we all watch them and yeah. talk about them as they're happening. And so then it, it 
lends credence, like Dave was saying, to, okay, well, this is a big issue and we mm-hmm. need to tackle mm-hmm. this and be brainstorming how to address this versus, I know this is a thing that we thought was a problem and we should keep an eye on it, but, you know, people are all getting in this, so let's not touch that right now. Let's yep. focus, focus on this other stuff and they can actually see the impact of whatever little yeah. changes they're making. Yeah. And, and like you said, like suffer through with the player when there's an issue. Yeah, so totally. yeah. they recognize like, no, this, we actually need to address yeah, this. Yeah, it, re- it really is an important part of the process because it's not like, like game development is not a science. Like it is very much an art. And like when you have to get that kind of feedback that you mm-hmm. have to like murder one of your darlings, that's yep. like yep. a very difficult process for everyone who's been like slaving away on it for weeks or months sometimes, you know, yeah, when, when there are like features that have to be cut um, like because of user feedback like right. or or it needs to be tweaked or there's not enough time to do it, you put it off into a later patch, like yep. those are always really, really difficult conversations, but it's, it's better to know that before the game ships yes. rather than find out <laughs> that it hits the shelves and people don't know what they're doing and yep. they avoid a feature because it doesn't make any sense or because it's not really that fun or to know that we are de- like devoting our resources to another feature instead to make it twice as, as fun as it yep. would have been rather mm-hmm. than kind of spreading ourselves too thin and focusing on everything at once. It's true, and that's actually what I always like tell people when they inevitably get frustrated or confused what, when looking at one of our games, which is a work in progress. I tell them, like, it's better that this this thing frustrate you now yeah. rather than mm-hmm. after Tell us now where exactly we can find you paid it. $60 for it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think something interesting I want to touch on that you mentioned, Aaron, was that... Uh, you know, making uh, games is not an exact, this is an art and not a science. And yep. I think the way I think about playtest, and in particular, this is something that uh, another person who used to work in playtest, Jillian, sort of mentioned to me uh, mm-hmm. early on with playtest was, you know, the process that you guys use is very scientific. A little you bit, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yep. there are, like, there's some really interesting psychology about, like, the way that you frame questions to people. Yeah. And there's, like, you know, ways that you go about presenting things to people and, and soliciting feedback without really asking for it. And, like, totally. that is, to me, has always been, like, really, really impressive, um, you know, and something that I think people in the moment don't necessarily pick up on. Right. But, um, you know, the way that you present playtest has this rhythm and sort of consistency that sort of gets a consistent type of output from people yeah, that totally. I think is really, like, I want to... High five you. Let's Thanks, get buddy. on mic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think I, heard I heard it. <laughs> I think it's something that that you know really it like gives gives some like special quality to the to the feedback that we get in the moment. Oh, that's and awesome. it's and it's especially nice to watch you sort of like let it sit in the moment a little bit and watch people squirm. Yeah. Because that I think that tension are things that the people that are watching it really, really pick up yeah. on because, yeah. you know, if you know, especially me as like I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I really want to tell you to tell him this thing, and you know, it's, yeah. And it's it's cool because those become the sorts of those uncomfortable moments, you know, where in a paragraph, just as you said, would be like, oh, whatever. But like, like I watched this person like squirm for like two minutes right. trying to figure out what yeah. to do, and like that is those are powerful moments, you right. know, to have yeah. contextualized like that. And that and that is really hard like yeah. it, it gets a little easier but not by much for you you for, mean right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to like 
sit there and let a person like be confused be and flounder in, silence, in front of yeah. you and like you know yeah. what they have to do and they know you know what they have to do <laughs> but you can't tell them it's like you have to kind of go against human nature to like actually help this person I was going to say it's very human nature you know. to help everybody that yeah. you see them struggling and you have to fight that the entire time that's why my wife Helen like says like I couldn't do it and she, and she She's tried it now and then. And yeah. She's like, no, do you get, just go, go do this. Talk go love. click on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's tough, but uh, you know, it's got to be done. Before we close out the show, do you have any playtest horror stories, uh, or or any super feel good stories? I would, uh, I would accept I, either. Yeah, this is. I do. This is kind of somewhere in the middle. This is like. It's my favorite moment. I guess it could be considered a horror moment, but it, it's definitely stuck with me this whole time. Uh, during pizza allergy? No pizza yeah. allergy. I asked everybody, thank God, no one is allergic to pizza. Good. Thank God, because that's all I got to offer you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we were testing Dan Central... I guess it was Dan Central 3. We had a, a gentleman in um, to, to play a few songs, see if, like, this... The scoring was working correctly, like if you know if the game could tell if he was doing all these moves correctly or not. Um, he was a you know a stranger. I didn't know him or anything. He was a nice guy, and because you know the game was obviously a work in progress, it wasn't done. There were bugs here and there, and uh, we loaded up a song, <clears throat> and the choreography, the animation, everything worked fine, except the actual song itself wasn't playing. And I realized this, and I told the guy, like, all right, no, there's obviously a bug. You don't have to do this. And he's like, no, it's fine. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm like, really? Okay, go for it. And it it ended up being a really, like, kind of weirdly profound moment for me because I, I remember thinking to myself, like, here I am in this really small windowless room, <laughs> uh, and I'm watching this grown man, this stranger, <laughs> do the Macarena in complete silence. <laughs> and I'm at work, and this is my job. I'm doing my job right now. <laughs> like, this is what I do. I gotta roll with it. And it was surreal and weird, but it had to be done, and it was, like, on the other end of the spectrum, just part of my job. And, I don't know, kind of stuck with me ever since. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I have a recent favorite. I love that guy who brought his kid in for his birthday. Oh, that kid was the time. best. Yeah. There was this. Uh, well, you you get the rundown. You were like sure. Out. So like, I reached out to like I said a bunch of you know new folks to come check out Rock Band Four. Uh, one of them was you know a super fan, Rock Band super fan. Like has a whole room in his house dedicated to Rock Band. Has the stage kit, obviously. Duh. Um, and he said has like no functioning fire department. In <laughs> <town>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he said like, hey, my my kid is going to be celebrating his tenth birthday. Can I bring him in? Um, and have it be a surprise. He's a big rock band fan. And I'm like, absolutely you can. So like, Have him sign this NDA and meet with our so lawyer. He did sign the NDA. I'm still scared <laughs> him to keep everything secret. But it was awesome. He, he checked out some new stuff in rock band. He gave great feedback. Uh, he was the dad was like a total like <laughs> jerk <laughs> like hilarious. He, he was <laughs> the dad was focused was on the game. And like his, his kid really got it. Um we gave him like a, a swag bag. Um, it was great. He had a great time. Kid was ribbing him hard too. It like they were both testing like the same feature, and like yep. 
the kid did really, really well, like took to it very quickly. Yep. And then the dad starts testing the feature, and the kid's like, no, dad, you do, no, dad, yeah. dad, do it that way. Do, do it this but way. I thought that was great. Do, 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 he gets it. Perfect. He, he gets it, like, way quicker than his, his yep. dad did, because kids are smart, and they yeah. pick up stuff. Yep. So thank you, Owen. You're the best. Yeah, I, that was great. Uh, <laughs> I loved a lot of the uh, the chroma play testing that we mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. Uh, because it was on, like, such a large scale, like, in yep. a way that we had never done before. We would bring, like, 16 people in yeah. and do, like, 8v8 teams, and we would play for, like, a, a long time. Right. Like, play, we usually would do play tests for shorter sessions, right. and we did these for, you know, like, I think, like, three or four hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, and had, like, a ton of surveys for them to fill out, and, you know, you, you bring a bunch of people in, and um, and it's it was hard for Chrome, especially because we hadn't announced that we were making right, like Chroma and, or what it was, and so we were trying to, like, put out a call for, like, hardcore <laughs> players yeah. without explaining what the game was or who was making it and why it was interesting and so people come in and you're like all right we're harmonics we're making a musical shooter and like the reaction in the room was so strong and so immediate and then they would sit down and you're like i hope we got the right people and i hope they're qualified Mm -hmm. and there was the one dude who changed the keyboard mapping before we even (laughs) started the game and he's like that's right i figured out what the shortcuts are i know what i'm gonna do and it was like oh my god and he's you know running around headshotting people like left and right and it was like awesome this is unbelievable, and it, that was the the point where it was like, okay, this like actually feels like a game. <laughs> yeah, it's not just an idea that we have anymore. It's something that people can actually play totally. and respond to, whether that's positive or negative. Like, there's definitely a response to it. Absolutely, that was awesome. Forgot about that guy. Yeah. Do you have anything for for your your secret thing? Anything that you can refer to vaguely? It's charming. I don't think so. It is charming. <laughs> charming. I hear a lot. Um, I don't think so for that one. You know, Dan Central, we talked about a lot of the stories with mm-hmm. that. I actually, before I worked at Harmonix, I was a playtester. Not company. interested. Oh, oh, at here. At, <laughs> yeah, okay. here. Okay, good. I did playtesting for Pro Guitar and Dance Central before Dance Central was a known thing. I was too. I came into Playtest Rock Band. We did it. We made it. We ma- yeah, yeah, I got brought in for Pro Guitar okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have the highest Metacritic of any music game. Yeah. yeah. Because of YouTube. You're welcome. Of feedback. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, no, but so I guess my funny stories are kind of similar to Matt's in that when I would run the DLC uh, testing, I would literally sit in the room all day and have people come in and they'd have to play. Uh, beginner, easy, medium, hard, whatever of several songs. So I would sit there for hours listening to like nine people play Milkshake four times <laughs> each. And there were a couple times when the sound would be broken, but mm. we usually ended up in sing-alongs, and that's also oh. really fun. I, I wasn't willing to do that. I wasn't willing to give this <laughs> guy any comment. Uh, <laughs> sing Milkshake That would have been really great if you just started <laughs> quietly singing every lyric of Macarena. <laughs> But yeah, because it wasn't awkward in the room. Uh, no, yeah. I, I, that's that stuff is always fun, and playtesting with children is always really fun too because yep. they do get it almost always yeah. before they're adults so do. They're so smart. They're, they're so clever. They are so smart and clever yep. about technology, and they're not as self-conscious about what they're doing. Totally. And they love to hold it over their parents. It's yeah, great. That's it's always fun to see. It's the best. Never gets old. No, it doesn't. So moral of the story is everybody should help us and yep. playtest our games. Help make better games for you. Yeah. Please do. Harmonicsmusic.com slash playtest. Harmonicsmusic.com slash playtest. We should throw that link in the description of this episode of the Harmonics Podcast. Mm-hmm. I missed the show. Really? I'm glad to be back. Yeah, this is fun. Just I like like talk about nonsense. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All right. I think that's it for this week. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We will see you soon. 
talking about talk, oh, we'll talk to you soon someone will. we're not going to see you this it may not be us an audio only show we might see you You'll see, see us. You. You're, you're I'm in see for playtime. Always watch out. Sorry, guys. Full circle. Full circle. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.